right, welcome to episode 120 of Out From The Cube. It is Monday and uh, July 29th as we close in on the first month of quarter three of 2019. I hope you had a great day, ready for a great week, and I appreciate you listening. We're actually in the midst, in the middle, in the midst of a 10-part series, I said, or we get to as many as I can fill, not to exceed 10. So I do have the opportunity to punt on this if this... Uh, if these episodes only wind up being seven or eight or six, but I am up to five. This is episode five of our Athletics of Software, and I've actually spent a, a fair amount of time thinking about episode five. Not that I have a ton prepped for it or direction to go with it, uh, but I've just given a lot of consideration on this next pillar of the Athletics of Software. And let me just give you quickly a rundown, a quick rundown, on how we've ended up here. Uh, I've, I've just got wrapped up. There was a friend of mine who's reached out to me a little bit uh, since I uh, mentioned him in a prior podcast, but Ed Molitor, who runs a consulting company up in Chicago, runs a podcast called The Athletics of Business. And it got me thinking about teams and business and professional and, and non-athletic teams and how they perform and how they uh, root for one another and how much excitement and enthusiasm and passion and interest and commitment and purpose and fulfillment those teams have uh, to for themselves personally and for each other and also you know for the services that they render and their customers. And I spent a, lot, a fair amount of time thinking about that. And since I, for those that know, I coach college basketball for uh, part of my life, uh, a large part of my life for basketball. Basketball has been a part of my life forever and will continue to be. But there was a time where I actually received a paycheck to be a basketball coach. Now I do it for fun. But when I got out of coaching, I was so ra- I kept coming back to the, the passion and enthusiasm and commitment that people had for their teams and why we don't have that in, in, a, in a professional landscape. So we're in a 10-part ten, a ten series where we're talking about that. And I don't have my notes right in front of me, but I know we've talked about being connected. I know we've talked about the culture. I know we've talked about belonging. And um, that those things, that the, the being connected to a shared mission, purpose, vision, uh, and sharing that amongst the team and with your fans that you might have or the people that are supporters of your product or service, uh, that they just know that you are the one to go to. Um, and the last one was enthusiasm and just having, and we talked about bringing your own juice, uh, even as a, even as maybe not the technical lead, not the leader of the group and not the CTO or the director or the senior vice president or the CEO, but you in particular as a team member, bringing that juice of excitement every day and seeing how that, uh, creates, you know, nothing great is ever accomplished without enthusiasm. The old quote, uh, that I'm sure we've all heard before. So, you know, the, the connection, the enthusiasm, the culture, and the sense of belonging, uh, that those are the people that you belong with. And it's kind of one of those things. I'm reading a book right now called How Successful People Win by John Maxwell. And I take it very slow. And it is a great book. I'm about halfway through it now. It is a, it is a tiny book uh, in that it can probably fit in my back pocket, but it does have 150 or so pages. Uh, it's a great book, but it does talk about the... The, some of the things that everybody needs in their life to, to have fulfillment and happiness. And one of them is just a, belong to, a sense of belonging to a group. 
that if they can go and belong and connect and believe and have a purpose and a vision and they're appreciated and valued and heard, that, that they will have that sense of belonging. And even in the IT world that I'm in now, people would be willing to stay in those environments for less pay, not working on the great technical stack or the great service or the great product, but they just get to wake up every day and say, I get to go work with those people or I get to go work for that lady or that guy. And that is my director and leader. And I get to have these conversations and the direction this ship is heading may not be right but i but my voice is heard and my suggestions are heard so i can you know feel like i'm having an impact on the business and i'm just writing code and but i belong there and because of that i'm heard uh, i'm heard and it, it makes me feel empowered and it makes me believe that i'm in the right spot and things of that nature so those are the things that we've talked about but i've really wrapped up in the the fanaticism of of professional teams non-athletic professional teams and how to create that fanatical base internally and out have you ever thought about the products or services that you are a fan of that you are fanatical about i'll tell you right now i don't know why this is the first thing that has popped into my head there is a car dealership here in not a car dealership there is an auto service company here in town that works on cars and that's where I go. Like, I'm a fanatic about it. If you were to ask me if anybody had any car issues in town, I'd be like, that's where you go and you don't need to go anywhere else. That is the place. The guy is the most honest man in the world, in a, in a world probably where many of those people that run those services aren't that honest. But like, you have to stop looking. Like, I'm not, we've talked about being so fanatical that people will go out and get Nike tattoos or Adidas tattoos or whatever it is, St. Louis cardinal tattoos and sport team tattoos that they're that fanatical about it. I'm not suggesting I'm going to go get an LTS uh, tattoo uh, for my auto mechanic, but I'm fanatical about his business and I believe in what he does and he makes me feel like I belong when I'm there and talks to me about what his business is doing and how it's doing and I can go spread spread his message because I know he's a good man that has good intent. You know, but there are. So I would ask you, uh, you know, how you can build that fanatical base of your product or service so people know that you don't have to go anywhere else. Okay, and so the fifth pillar to me today, as we go, we're six minutes in, I try to keep these short. The one that I keep coming back to on this, and I've thought, and there will be five more of these, and there's, I'm, I'm, I've got three or four more of the pillars kind of written out and examples of what to, uh, examples of what that means to me and how you can kind of fill, build that base. Uh, but again, we're really talking about internally as well. Not just, you know, not just your, the people that consume your product or service, uh, but people that are your customers, but your internal, your internal people, your internal workforce of the people that are on your teams that you can have that fanatical base on them that they get to sit there and say, I belong to that team. We talked uh, last week about how Microsoft every 18 months on one particular product they work on, that they have the opportunity to switch teams. That every 18 months you get three post-it notes, one, two, and three, and the product names or the services are on, the names of the service are on a, a dry erase board littered throughout a room and you're able to go put your first choice, second choice, and third choice of teams. Now, 80 to 85% of the people, their first choice is the team that they are currently on. 
but you are able to then pick your second choice and your third choice. And so every 18 months, you have the opportunity to go be on a different team. And that resonated and hit me in this way, in two, really one, one profound way. That if I were employed by Microsoft on their TFS platform, their Visual Studio platform, I guess it is, I would sit there and say, when everybody goes and puts their post-it notes up, we need to, over a short amount of time, if I were thrown into that mix, in a short amount of time, that in the next 18 months, when they do that exercise of team selection, that I want to have however many people are in this on this team, on this program, offering this service, and let's call it 200. I have no idea. It could be 100. Let's call 100. 100 people. And I'm and I'm team Evian, that I want to have 100 post-it notes all with a one. I want 100 people in this room to be so fanatical about working on my team that, that when they have the opportunity to choose, to switch, to pick, uh, pick something different or stay on, that I have 100 of those things. And then I would try to reverse engineer that and say, how can we develop our team, our culture, our standards, our expectations, our delivery, our purpose and our shared togetherness and how we connect with one another and root for one another. How can we develop that so that in 18 months I get a hundred post-it notes that all have a one on it? And I would, I, I, that, that would be a mission of mine. I'd be like that and understand like that's a byproduct of doing a whole bunch of other things. You know, that's all, that's a byproduct of having, of doing a bunch of different things. But so, but I've thought about this fifth pillar and it's going to be a very simple word. Um, it's a simple word uh, that may not connect exactly with, with how I'm going to phrase this. So it may not be perfect off the tongue here. But the word is care. And, and that, that has me really thinking about having 100, 100 people at Microsoft put their post-it note of a one on my dry erase board under my team name. Right? There's, it's care. And this is where I'm going to go with this uh, initially. The, I would want a team and develop a team because I think this is how athletic, I think this is how the most successful athletic teams function. I believe it is what they think about. I believe it is a purpose. I believe it's a mission. I believe it is talked about, emphasized. It is a standard that they live up to as coaches and as leaders of these organizations. I believe it because I've heard it. And it is this. It is it is about more than winning ball games. There is a deeper purpose than basketball. It is a deeper purpose than winning games. And this is what I mean by it. If that, I, I forget, I forgot what it was and it's at the top of my mind and I would have to think about it and pause too much to actually get the exact thought. But there, oh, it's Alabama as it pops into my head. They were interviewing a football player that was drafted into the NFL and he may be going on his third or fourth year and he's ended up being a pretty good player in the NFL and he was being interviewed and he was asked about his time at Alabama and essentially this is what he said or this is what I took from it he said yes we were very successful we won national championships and we had a lot of the best players around but and you all think of Nick Saban a certain way as this taskmaster that's demanding and all that and he is all of that he said but he said it was always about more than football. He wanted to develop men. He wanted to develop husbands. He wanted to develop 
fathers. And he spent more time working on developing those characteristics than he did about football players. He developed men. It was a, had a deeper purpose, deeper mission values than just winning football games. And he, but, but that winning football games is a byproduct of that. Get the best players in there, get them to understand the mission and vision, get them to understand what hard work is and sacrifice and togetherness and toughness and consistency and grinding it every day. Those are the things that save him. But by doing that, you develop good men. And so you have to have it. So I think of care. And I think about developing a team where it's about more than software delivery. That it's about more than, you know, the latest and greatest code base. But you sit there and say, man, I've been here for six months and I feel like I'm a better person. Like I'm connecting better. I'm having better conversations. I'm impacting people a different way. I go home fulfilled. I go home excited about what I'm doing. I go home, I belong with these people. There's an enthusiasm to these people. I'm connected with these people. And those people really care about me. They really care about me and brought me in and wanted to know how they could help and serve and uplift me and educate me and help me develop. Those people care about me. I've never been a part of a company or an organization where I've rolled in and felt like those people cared about me. Right? I, that, that, that is what I would want them saying. Right? So care. And having your organization be about something more than winning ball games. There's a quote from from Rock. Uh, there's a quote from Don Meyer, and I don't know where he stole it from, or if it's an original with him. As good as he was, it may be original with him. But he essentially said this: As a businessman, you can never make enough money, and there isn't enough money. And as a basketball or athletic coach, it, you can never win enough that it's got to have a deeper purpose. You're going to make money. You're going to win ball games. You're going to do all this sort of stuff. But to have that care and compassion and commitment and then being consistent with that where it's authentic and deeply rooted, that you sit there as a CEO or a CTO with your director, your directors and senior VPs and you continue to beat the drum on that message saying, it's about more than this. We are going to do this. We are responsible for this. We do have to deliver this. We are going to be graded on this. I get that. And we are going to get all A's and we're going to have 100 people in 18 months all want to be on this team because of these other things we do. And I'm telling you, that is the, then you start to, then word spreads. People start talking at the water coolers. People start sending emails. Start, people start noticing, man, those 10 people or 20 people or the people are that on that team, they're just different. Man, they seem happier. They're executing. They, I've never seen a group that connected. We've all seen that professionally. Think about the teams that you work with. Right now, as quickly as you can, think of all the teams that you work with. Think of the best team in the organization. Think of the best team. Think of the worst team. Right? Just you can quickly do that. I can do that for all the clients that I work with. All the clients and all the times and in the past 10 or 12 years, all the teams I've worked on, worked with, and evaluated and observed, I can think about them all. There are great teams and there are teams like, man, like I've heard this phrase, blow it up. Blow that team up and start it over. Like that thing's not going to be fixed. There's too much baggage. There's too much ego. There's too much not working together. Like you're not going to fix that. Like there's, there's too much therapy. You'd have to bring in some heavy duty psychologist to fix that. 
right? But you can start with care. You can start with connection. You can start with belonging. You can start to build that fanatical base of people that want to be on that team. And that's where I would try to grind it every day. Here's what I think about. I think a lot of things are phrases. And I apologize in advance for uh, the uh, examples of Duke basketball. I just follow them more than any other sport team. And I read mostly... um, I read whatever I see about them. I tend to read because one, I think they have one of the best leaders in in the country on anything. This it's funny. And I've talked about this before, but when business people want to run leadership workshops or have somebody come and talk to their team, sales team, executive team and all that, you know what? They always seem to find athletic coaches. Mike Krzyzewski has built Duke over the past essentially 40 years into the most recognizable brand in college basketball ever possibly. And he's actually a speaker now at the business school at Duke, which is one of the most prestigious in, the, in America. So they brought a coach in to teach business, to teach leadership, to teach communication, to teach motivation, to teach, you know, how to build teams. And that's what he does. And so I, because of that, I read most of everything that Duke does and what he does. But here's, what, here's a shift that they made that I'm super interested in and has really helped them. This, this I think has really helped them. And it's a simple phrase. It's not even a phrase, it's a simple word that they have put on everything. Every document that I've seen, every you know Instagram post or everything. Now, I don't mean everything that it's everything. I just mean everything that it's a lot. That they put this phrase on a lot of what they do. Brotherhood. Brotherhood with Duke's, with a basketball type logo and then kind of the architecture of Duke basketball, of Duke University at the top of it. And it's kind of its own logo now. It's its own brand, brotherhood. This is what this means to them. That once you are on that team, once you sign a letter of tent, once you play there, practice there and work out there, you are part of an elite brotherhood that not everybody gets to be a part of. And they carry it to, you know, how they greet one another, how they love one another, how they care for one another, how they depend on one another, and how they're always there, right? Brotherhood. It's interesting. That is not something they've done for the past 40 years. I want to say it's something they've done for maybe the past seven or eight years. But they sat around and said, this has to, we have to do something a little different. Let's come up with something. And I don't know if this is true or not, but this is just how I kind of perceive it. But they sat there and said, we are going to develop a brotherhood that the people that play for us that are here from people that played in 1983 and that people that play in 2019, that they are brothers, that they're connected, that they can count on one another, that they should greet one, like all this sort of stuff. And that has changed how they do things at Duke basketball. Because when I see last week, one of Duke's best, one a recruit that is one of Duke's best recruits committed to Duke. And when he committed to Duke, all he posted on his Instagram was that logo, that brotherhood. And that's all he said in the subject was, I'm going to be a part of the brotherhood. Part of the brotherhood. So, it's that care. It's that belonging. It's that connection. It's this internal. So it's that, it just has me thinking about, you know, how you, how you build that up. Because people walk away from that after they're sold that. 
And after they see that it's not just being sold to them as a bill of goods, but they're sitting there saying, man, this is something being sold on me that they are that they deliver on. Because you can't, you can't fool everybody all the time. You can, what is the phrase? You can fool some of the people some of the time, but not all the people all the time. They're not fooling everybody all the time with this. So they deliver on it. Like, we are going to care about you. We are going to take care of you. You are going to be surrounded by people that played in the 1970s that have gone through what you've gone through, have gone through the business world, have gone through financial things, blah, 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 all this sort of stuff. You are going to be a part of a brotherhood of people that have, you know, started from ground zero or the first day that are now in the NBA, that are on the end of their careers, that are now executives, that are all, and not everybody at Duke plays in the NBA. So you're going to be doctors and lawyers and salespeople and business owners and CEO, like all this sort of stuff. And you're a part of that brotherhood. And whatever you need, whenever you need it. That's it. So it's care. It's not, what's brotherhood mean? to? I mean, it could, that could mean a lot of things to me and I probably already articulated it. But this is what I'm thinking. Man, it's a Saturday morning and I need advice or counsel or friend or somebody to talk to or I am I'm considering this business or this or consider like, okay, who can I call? I know who I, if I apply, play for Duke basketball, there's, there's countless people I can call. And that I would want my teams to be that fanatical about each other and about our development and about caring for each other. So it's like, man, yeah, you're a part of this. Can I call on you? I have, I need, I need advice. I need counsel. I need direction. I need, uh, you know, I need somebody to bounce some goals off of or some sales opportunities or blah, 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 like our different strategies. And like, this isn't working. Can I count on you? Yeah. Always, always. I care for you more about you as a person than I do as an employee. I care about you. That brotherhood. Here's the other thing that I really liked. And I, this popped into my head when I was talking about the brotherhood of Duke basketball. And I didn't know this, and I really liked this. Uh, I really liked this. And this is just a small thing about care. It's really, you really got to think about this. It's got to be about more than dollars and wins. You are a leader. And in John Maxwell's book right next to me here, How Successful People Win, and I've said this in the last podcast, and I didn't think I'd flip to it as quickly as I did the last time, but I do know it's on the last page. Um, but I, I'm not going to be able to get to it now. But the thing, the, right, as, right as I flip to it again, the, first, the last thing that is written in the first chapter, the primary goal in life is adding value to people. And I hope this book will add value to be, add value to you, teaching you to learn from your losses. And that's how successful people win. That is how it's a totally different podcast about teaching you how to learn from your losses. But that's how successful people win. But my primary goal, meaning John Maxwell, my primary goal in life is adding value to people. He goes on in this book to talk about that is the purpose of a great leader. To wake up every day and say, how can I provide value? What can I do? How can I serve? What can I give? to the people that are underneath me and have them know it's not about a product or a service or a car or software or basketball games or gymnastics meets or tennis matches or any of that sort of stuff. But it's sitting there looking across from somebody and saying, I want you to know that I'm all in. I'm all in on you. And I'm here to help develop you. I'm here to answer questions. I'm here to offer feedback and guidance and advice and counsel. And I want you to know it's about more than that. Because I'm telling you, if you're sincere and that's authentic and you, and you lead with that and you lean in on that, you lean in on that. And it's authentic. 
and they and and it's you're not giving them a bag of goods, but you're you're selling it every single day. There's your there's your fanatical base. There's your 100 number one post-it notes saying I want to be because it's not just you with a hundred people. It's not just you with an entire company. It is you leading that fanatical base in charge and being able to sit there and sell it to maybe the five, 10 people underneath you and you caring and counseling and being with those people and then having, and then sell and making sure they know like, Hey, this is how we roll. This is what we do. And I expect you to take the things that the, the care that I have for you, the connections I have with you, the, the, the belonging that I hope that we're creating for you and the enthusiasm in which we bring it to one another and I to you that I hope that you have, have that same message trickled down from you to your people because I'm going to bring it every day. I'm going to bring it every single day with these pillars, connection, care, culture, enthusiasm, belonging. I'm going to bring that every single day and I expect you to do the same and I'm going to bring it down to you and I'm going to bring it down to the people beneath you and beneath them and beneath them. I'm going to bring it down to the people that serve us lunch in the cafeteria because that's how we roll. And I want people to sit back and say, whatever that those guys are doing, we've got to figure this out. And they're going to find out, man, it's not about processes or DevOps pipelines or, or the code, babe, like all this or how we, it's going to be, man, the culture they created, the care in which they have for one another, the sense of belonging that they create, the personal development they have for one another. Man, it's about a lot more than what we think it is. The thing, other thing I was thinking of when I was talking about the brotherhood in Duke basketball, and it is a basketball story, and it's not necessarily a long story. I don't think I can make it that long. But it struck me because I, I hadn't heard this before, and I know a lot about this program as well, but North Carolina, the University of North Carolina basketball, is as decorated as Duke basketball. And they are nine miles away from one another. They are rivals with one another. It is actually the biggest sports rivalry in all of sports, I believe, and definitely in basketball. The, ba the biggest college basketball rivalry is Duke, North Carolina. Now, Carolina has a culture. They have, they have it just like Duke has it. There is a vibe. There is a feel, a vision, a, a look to it. I mean, you just know it. It's Carolina. It's where Michael Jordan played and Sam Perkins and James Worthy and all these other great players have played for Carolina. And this is what I didn't know. One, they had a coach that was there for as long as Mike Krzyzewski's been at Duke. They had a coach named Dean Smith that built the Carolina Way. And the Carolina Way is actually one of the first coaching books or kind of teach, team, te team books that I had ever remember reading of an athletic team development. It was great, the Carolina Way. There was a way that they do things. But what I didn't know, or I don't remember reading in this book, is that if, say I played there in 2019, and I walk somewhere and I see somebody that played at Carolina and I just know it or he recognizes me or whatever. And, and say I played in the 1970s and this guy played in the 2018s and we either recognize each other or one of us recognizes the other one. It's almost that like it is required of them. They stand up and go across any sort of room and shake hands and then talk. But essentially, the rule is, is you get up and shake hands. So how that, that, that may not seem much to you, but if you're building a culture, one of respect and one of the people that have come before you and the, the price that has been paid to build this thing, right? It's one of these things. What if you, had, what if you built an amazing, an amazing company? 
with the best team in the entire Midwest or Northwest or South, like wherever it is, right? And people, like there's a company up in, uh, there's a gentleman that wrote a book called Two Second Lean. I've read it maybe four or five times now. It's about how to lean out companies. It's a great book. He runs a company up in Bellingham, Washington. And now you can actually tour the stinking facility because of how they leaned it out, how efficient they are, and how successful they become on selling little wood widgets. And that's all they do. But they leaned it out. He's a great leader. And can you imagine sitting there and building a cult company in such a way that you're sitting there going, man, I built it with these guys. I built it with, and the respect you would have to sit down and have a cup of coffee with somebody who was like, yeah, man, I was there when he built that thing and I helped him every day. And this is what he did and how he did it and why he did it and why it was important. The message he sent every day. And he did that. So what happened, this is my perspective, Dean Smith, the head coach at Carolina, he's building that thing up back in the fifties. I think he was hired fifties or sixties. He's hired to take over and he's like, we're going to build this sucker. We're going to grind it out every single day. Every single day, we've got mission, vision, purpose, and we know how we're doing things. And all of a sudden, they start winning. Then all of a sudden, they're the most successful. Then they're winning national championships. And Michael Jordan, and they named the stinking center after. They got the Dean Dome, where North Carolina plays basketball. And they're, they're like, that is it. Like, they are what's called a blue blood. They weren't a blue blood when they started. But all this has happened, and now the people that are new to the program sit there and say, man, there is so-and-so and he helped build this thing. Like he, he sacrificed, he paid the price, he suffered. He, he did, or he went through it like I did back in the eight, like whatever it is. But that, that understanding, that respect for what has been gone, happened before you. Do you imagine having that company and having it be so successful and having those names be like, could you imagine meeting the, the people that started, you know, Facebook where you get to sit down or Twitter or something like that. And you're like, man, or like Zappos. I'm fascinated by Zappos because I think that guy built a, a crazy culture, a really good culture for his company, you know, of service. And no, like, here's the thing. John Wooden, who's the, one of the most successful basketball coaches of all time, the last, you know, one, 10 or 11, I believe 11 national championships at UCLA in the 70s. And the last day of practice of the last year he ever coached, and he's an old man with probably bad hips and knees, is sweeping the floor and taping ankles. Like the head coach that's won 11 national championships is sweeping the floor. And all that says is there's no job beneath you. There's literally no job beneath you, right? But can you imagine sitting there and talking with those people that helped build those companies and the respect and all that to help get that culture going. And it's the handshake of Carolina. It is the brotherhood of Duke basketball. It is that you know that you're gonna be taken care of. And you know it's about a lot more than basketball games and selling shoes and selling cars and releasing products. And everybody knows it. Cause you could sit there in our company. Like I know our company's about more than than, than, what, than the software and the tea, like all that. It's about, hey, what do you need? How can I help you? What, how can I serve you? Can I take you to lunch, coffee? I just listened to a great podcast with one of our directors who was on another podcast talking about those things and team development. It was great. And I was like, that's us. That's us. That's how we roll. That's why people stay. That's why people want in. That's why people want in. So how, what does that say? How, how do you build your fanatical base of people that want to be on your, that are willing to do whatever it takes to be on your team. Whatever it takes. Hey, whatever it takes. 10, 12 interviews, pay, bad platform, 
whatever it is, right? I just know that I have to be around you. I know I have to be around your team. I know I have to be around those people and I know that I can help you get to the next level because you're gonna empower me too and I know you're gonna care for me too and you're gonna help me develop so I can. So the first one was connection and then we talked about connection and culture and enthusiasm and belonging and now we're talking about care but we're really talking about it being about more than a product and a service and winning basketball games. There are some coaches that never talk about winning basketball games. There are some that talk about winning basketball games all the time, and I'm on the fence actually about that. I just know that doing a lot of other things well, treating people a certain way, off the charts well, winning will take care of itself. You're gonna win games, because people are gonna come to you and say, hey, I gotta be a part of this. Like, oh man, and I've gotta drive this far, and I've gotta, and I gotta do it every day, or I've gotta go be a part of this, I wanna be a part of this, and I've gotta drive every weekend to here. Yeah, that sucks, but it's worth it. My happiness, my state of mind, my personal development, where I could be to be a part of that, to be able to go sit and have a cup of coffee with that guy or that group or that person. Man, that's important to me and it's worth, it's worth my commute. It's worth my drop in pay, whatever it is, right? So we're talking about building up your, we're talking about the athletics of software. Those are the things that happen athletically with sport teams, no question. No question, those things happen. Building connections and building a sense of belonging and enthusiasm and all that, that's, it's all leadership stuff. But you wanna build a fanatical fan base wrapped around your team? These are the things that you start with. Listen, hit outfromthecube.com. I appreciate the people that have supported us. Right now, I'm again, I'm reading the John Maxwell book, How Successful People Win. And I'm excited to get into this book with you. Uh, there is a lot in here about personal improvement. There is a lot in here about humility. There's a lot in there about how to get rid of your ego and, and how to lead and how successful people win. So you talk about not talking about winning or talking about winning. Man, there are just certain things people do every single day to put themselves in a position to win. There just is. There's just things. I'm flipping through this book right now and... Uh, you know, I think there's just things that people do every single day uh, to put them in a position to win. And I'm still trying to fine tune my list every day and my rituals and my strategies every morning. So I wake up every day ready to do what I can to win the day, um, win the day, win the life uh, type of uh, mindset. But listen, I hope you had a great weekend. We did. We actually had a family reunion in Louisville, Kentucky that I got that I was down in Louisville on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, got back yesterday. It was great to see my family. Those know that my dad passed away about a month and a half ago. We were able to honor him down at the uh, family reunion, which was, which was great. Uh, was very emotional, uh, but was really great to get in front of family and uh, show appreciation and gratitude towards one another and uh, to my dad's brothers and sisters and all that. It was actually, it was phenomenal. It was a great weekend uh, uh, spent with family. So I hope that you had a great weekend. I hope you're ready for a great week. Uh, hopefully there'll be more of these this week. I am doing LinkedIn Live as well. Uh, look for those as well. And that's the best way to reach out to me is actually through LinkedIn. So track me down if we can help you. We are team alignment experts. This is what we do. We do it in the IT world typically, but we also do it in other, in other spaces and verticals as well. We, give, we do talks, we're conference speakers and we give motivational talks and we go in and work with teams. And that's what we do. So if we can help you, if you want to bring us in 
to talk to your team, to talk to your IT team, to talk to your business team, your executive team. This is what we do. And, uh, and we're, we're, we're experts in it. That it is what we do. And we are team alignment experts and it's what we love to do. And I love solving those team dynamic problems to get everybody aligned and on the same track. And hopefully these podcasts in this series of the athletics of software has helped you. But listen, have a great rest of the week. It is Monday the 29th and look forward to uh, visiting with you the next time around. Have a great week. Take care. Thank you.